Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Patriots Beat Podcast. I'm your host, Harris Rubenstein, and it is great to finally be back on the podcast here, obviously on CLNS Radio, the leading online provider for audio and video coverage for your favorite Boston sports teams. Follow CLNS Radio on social media, at CLNS Radio on Twitter, and find them on Facebook with us, CLNS fans. But guys, what an incredible Draft. We had obviously my favorite sporting event. If you've listened to the show before, you know how much I really do love the NFL draft. And the Patriots had quite the draft for us this year. But before we really get into anything, we need to first go over this incredible deal that Luke Crate is offering for CLNS Radio. The onslaught of big summer blockbusters makes May the perfect time to celebrate some of pop culture's unstoppable, unrelenting, and unbeatable characters and objects. We've got something you can carry, something for your kitchen, and a cool figure to go with our monthly TN pin featuring two Marvel teams plus Warcraft and Dragon Ball Z. No one crate could, should have all this power. Loot Crate is a monthly subscription box service for epic geek and gamer items and pop culture gear for less than 20 bucks a month. You can get six to eight items that include licensed gear, apparel, collectibles, and unique one-of-a-kind items and more. You have until the 19th at 9 p.m. Pacific excuse me, to subscribe and receive that month's crate. And when the cutoff happens, it is over. So make sure to head to LootCrate.com slash CLNS and enter the code CLNS to, to save $3 any new subscription. So let's get right into it, ladies and gentlemen. Let's get right into this Patriots draft. So I know that a lot of people, you know, I'm not a big draft grades fan. I think that draft grades are like the, the worst, most gimmicky thing in, in NFL media today. Oh, this team gets a B. I mean, we, we haven't even seen these guys play yet, so I really have no idea how anyone can properly judge how a player is going to do in the NFL. But all we can really do is just kind of look and predict what we think they're going to do. So let's, let's just start at the top. No first round pick for the Patriots this year, obviously due to the deflate gate shenanigans. But let's look at this draft for the Patriots. Starting in the second round, 60, 62nd overall pick, the New England Patriots draft. Cyrus Jones, the cornerback out of Alabama. So, little fun, more personal fact about Cyrus Jones with Harris Rubenstein. So, Cyrus Jones went to Gilman High School in Maryland, which just so happens to be the rival high school of where I went, uh, where I went, McDonough. So, I've seen this guy play multiple times in person, and I'll just say this: I, I really don't think in person I've ever been so just flabbergasted by how. Well, someone can carry a ball. That's not even someone who plays on offense. This guy, when you give him the ball on special teams, is just, he's a rocket. He's so good at finding holes, getting through people, breaking tackles, and getting to his top speed. He's so good at kick returns and punt returns that I think one of the biggest reasons they actually drafted him was to get Julian Edelman out of the line of fire. I mean, we've seen him over the past couple of years get more and more injuries, especially to, uh, to his feet and ankles. So I think that getting him off of his feet more and uh, giving punt returns and kick returns to someone else is going to be really good for him. But Cyrus Jones on kickoff and punt returns whenever I watched him was just was so, so good and so fast. And I think if you look at him as strictly a corner, you're missing out on a lot of his potential. But let's look at him as a corner. Um, doesn't really project to be an outside kind of guy. More projects to be a better, you know, I'll put it this way. For Patriots fans, he's... 
He's a he's going to be, in my opinion, a better Kyle Arrington. I think he's going to be a good slot guy. I think he's going to be very good. Good, excuse me, at covering receivers that uh, depend on quick uh, quick direction and quick moving. Um, I think if he has to go up against some of these bigger receivers on the outside, he's gonna he's gonna have a lot of problems. I think his big problems in college were against some of those bigger wide receivers. He simply at five nine just doesn't have the size. Though it is interesting to look at these um, these Patriots corners and notice there's a very specific trend towards keeping them small. I think that Bill Belichick is noticing that around the NFL. And realistically, there are so few big, big wide receivers anymore. A lot of the size is coming out of the tight end position. But obviously, with Calvin Johnson leaving, I think the biggest threat is someone like a, a Brandon Marshall or Eric Decker. It is unfortunate that both of them are on the same uh, same team with the New York Jets. But it is interesting to look at uh, how the Patriots have been drafting their corners and what they a prototypical Patriot corner is. And I think that's exactly what Cyrus Jones is. I think he's going to be. I think he's going to be probably one of the better players in the draft class I think he's going to be a uh, a great fit so moving on here um, I think another good pick if you look at them is Joe Tooney uh, my dad when they first drafted Joe Tooney was uh, none none too pleased to say the to say the least he thought that it was a complete waste of a pick I on the other hand think that it was actually a really good pick I think Joe Tooney is one of the better um, one of the better uh, offensive linemen in this draft, especially on the interior. I think he's a quality person that you can kind of, you can just kind of slot in. But we'll see we'll see how he fits in. I mean, he is a guard, so really the first question with Joe Tooney is: Is he better than Trey Jackson, Shaq Mason, or Jonathan Cooper? I see Trey Jackson, Shaq Mason, or Jonathan Cooper. Are he is he better than those three guards? Because if he's not, he's not going to see a lot of playing time. And then the question is even extended to: Is he better than Brian Stork or even David Andrews? I think it's going to be interesting what we're going to see with this offensive line this year. We'll continue to talk about that as we go through this draft class. But this offensive line is going to be the Patriots' biggest question for this season. You know, with Solder coming back. It's going to help the tackle position a lot, but I mean, after Solder and Vollmer, it goes Adrian Waddle, Cameron Fleming, and Kayvon Milton. Like they just don't have a lot of talent right now. I think their weakest position is offensive tackle. So we'll de- it'll definitely be interesting to see how he fits in to uh, to this offensive line. But moving on from Joe Tooney, their next pick, round three, pick number ninety one. This is. This is the big question, guys. This is the big, this is the big kind of question pick this year. Last year it was, um, oh, who was it last year? It was Jordan Richards. The year before that it was, uh, it was Duran Harmon, then Tavon Wilson. This year, pick number 91, Jacoby Brissett, the quarterback out of North Carolina State. So the one thing that certainly just pops out to me whenever I start watching Jacoby Brissett, what an unbelievable athlete this guy is. It's going to take him a lot of, a lot of time to develop as a quarterback, but at 6'3, 231, the way that this guy can move in the backfield is phenomenal. He's fast. He's quick on his feet. He's a good thinker. A lot of, he's, the, the, apparently this guy's a very good kid. Guy is going to be a big film room guy. So it's going to be interesting. This is going to be the Patriots' first attempt to really I want to say groom a quarterback and really kind of take on a guy who's more of an athlete than a quarterback and try to build him into this team. I mean, it's also good that they now have a third quarterback behind Garoppolo because if Tom Brady does have to go through uh, this whole four-game suspension, we're going to need a backup. And I think that having Brissett at his young age of only 22 
is a is perfect for him. Slots him behind Garoppolo. I mean, guys, let's be perfectly honest. Tom Brady's thirty nine. Uh, he signed through 2019. He'd like to play into his 40s, as we all know. But eventually, Father Time is going to catch up. I think that Jacoby Brissett uh, coming into the depth chart to really sit behind Garoppolo and maybe learn this offense if McDaniels does end up staying. We'll see what happens in the future uh, after this season with coaching jobs. But I don't know. I think that bringing in Brissett's a really good job. I mean, he's a uh, Bill Parcells is a huge Jacoby Brissett guy. Not really sure why. Not really sure how that happened. But he's been big on him since high school. So we'll really see what. What, uh, he brings to the table in training camp this year. So after that, uh, round three, pick 96. This is my personal favorite pick of the draft. Um, I think he's very, he's a lot of potential. I think he's he's a lot of potential on this team. I think that his ceiling is very high. But right now as a player, he's very, very raw. Um, the Patriots are going away from uh, more of the three technique kind of guy. I think they're trying to really uh, push size and physicality inside. I think they really want to continue to stop the run and allow their linebackers to rush the passer. So the guy they brought in, excuse me, was Vincent Valentine, the defensive tackle from Nebraska. Um, he is a he is a guy that a lot of scouts are split on, especially Twitter scouts, uh, as I call them, and they just. A lot of people are very, you know, in the middle of him. A lot of people think that he's either going to be one of the best drafts in this class or he's going to be a complete bust. He's kind of in the middle, but to be perfectly honest, I think it's good that they drafted a guy like this. I mean, if you look at their depth chart right now, he's going to be sitting behind Malcolm Brown, Allen Branch, Terrence Knighton, Marcus Kuhn, and Frank Kurtz at that defensive tackle position. All of them are similar body types to him. He's 6'3", 330, so he's a big dude. But I think that Vincent Valentine, with the amount of raw potential that he has, I think it's good that they're going to allow him to take a couple of... a couple of... not seasons, but he's not going to be thrust right into the line of duty um, as soon as the season starts. Uh, it'll be nice to see him develop with this defense, see what Patricia can do with him on that defensive line. So I think it's good that... I think it's really good they brought in Terrence Knighton. I think that he'll be a good role model for uh, for Valentine, even though... Terrence Knighton's gigantic, but we'll we'll see what happens. So after that round four, pick one thirteen. Obviously, I mean this is this is probably the safest pick they had the entire draft. Uh, this is Malcolm Mitchell, the wide receiver from Georgia. And I mean, just like seriously, as Mike Reese says, like what's not to like? I mean, this guy, he's long, he's great hands, he's a good route runner, he's a good kid. I mean, if you if you want to go read. Probably my favorite story from the draft this year. Go read Jeff's how uh, Jeff Howe's feature on his book club that he's doing in Georgia. I know that's a weird thing to say. Like, go check out this NFL player's book club. But like, this guy's story is incredible. He came to Georgia like not knowing how to read, and then three years after that, he's starting a a book club with like some of the biggest people in Georgia. So it's it's a really cool story. I definitely think that uh, if you want to see a really cool story on. Um, on a, a Patriots player, definitely go check out. Uh, definitely go check out that story. But either way, I mean, this this fight fits right into what the Patriots like in their in their uh, the receivers. Six foot two hundred, uh, six feet two hundred pounds. I mean, he's a fast guy. Short cone. Uh, his cone times were really good. Short area quickness. Good route runner. He's just he's very 
Patriots-esque. He's not a huge X receiver on the outside. He's more of a Y and a Z kind of dude that's just going to slice and dice you up the field. Uh, Mike Reese said that Nolan Naraki uh, compared him to Heinz Ward. He's just a hard-nosed kind of guy. Like th- This is a very Patriots-esque pick. I think that he's going to turn out to being a really nice piece for this offense. They needed another wide receiver to kind of back them up. So, I mean, right now, it's... He's going to make the team. So right now, out of the wide receivers that they have, it's going to be Hogan. It's going to be Amendola. It's going to be Edelman. It's going to be Mitchell. So there's four. So then Matt Slater is going to make the team. So then all of a sudden, you're left with Nate Washington, Devin Lucian, um, Keyshawn Martin, and uh, I think I'm missing one more guy, and then Aaron Dobson. So between Lucian... Uh, Nate Washington and Aaron Dobson, there's only spot for like maybe one more wide receiver. And then you have to throw Chris Harper in there as well, who while he's not the most talented guy in the world, he's still someone that they've been keeping on the practice squad for going on three years now. So he's going to need a chance at a starting job as well. Have to plug in my computer here, but um, one of the another interesting thing about the wide uh, wide receiver position this year is just um, the lack of size. Um, I think it's a little worrying that they really don't have a wide receiver right now that's above the height of 6'2", besides Devin Lucian, who, while he does have a lot of potential and should have probably gone in the third or fourth round, he was still a seventh-round pick, and you can't really... You know, I, I know saying this is a Patriots fan who is Julian Edelman on their team is weird, but you can't really plug a seventh rounder in and just expect him to be your ex wide receiver and spread the field. I mean, Devolution's good, but he's not going to be that guy year one. So I think bringing in Martellus Bennett was a big uh, push for them to try to get bigger on offense with Gronk and now Martellus Bennett. But on the outside right now, with that ex receiver position, still very, very small. Um, so next guy, uh, round six, pick 208, Camu Grigger-Hill from uh, Eastern Illinois. Uh, actually a good buddy of uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. They went to, uh, they were teammates. But he is a, um, to me, he's a strong safety linebacker mix. I think he's the new kind of standard of linebacker, strong safety that we're going to see that's very good at covering people. I mean, he's only 6'2", 210. So he's not a big guy in the terms of a linebacker, but in terms of a strong safety, he's quite big. I mean, he's 6'2", 210 for a safety, is a big, big guy, but he also ran a 4'4". So he's a guy that's super athletic, big for his position, but I think I think it's going to be a project guy. I think this is someone that they they bring in to maybe replace a Patrick Chung once he um, eventually goes out because Patrick Chung is a little more advanced in age. I believe sitting at twenty eight or twenty nine as a safety doesn't give him that many more years, even at the age of twenty seven. But I, I still think that it'll be interesting to see how. Uh, Gregor Hill fits into this team. I think he's going to be a very, very good special teams guy. I think that they're trying to get more athletic on special teams, as I'll talk to, uh, uh, I'll, I'll mention that in a second. But yeah, as I talk about later in the show, but later in the show, she mentions now, uh, Adam Bogdan of, uh, he's a writer for Number Fire. If you're a Patriots fan on, on Twitter, you've probably seen him a couple times. So he's going to be talking draft stuff. And we talked a lot about, how Greiger, how on uh, special teams the Patriots look to be getting way more athletic. So uh, during my interview with him later, you'll definitely uh, catch up on that. But then again, moving on to our next pick, round six, pick two fourteen. This is where you start getting into the random, uh, the random kind of uh, kind of guy. So this is uh, Elandon Roberts, uh, linebacker from Houston. So the first thing that pops out about this guy, 
All he does is tackle people. He's an incredible tackler. He had 88 solo tackles, which led all of college football last year. And I mean, it's going to be it's going to be really, really hard for him to make this team. Like, let's be perfectly honest. Let's look at their uh, linebacker core right now. Hightower, Collins, McClellan to start. So he's going to be going up against Jonathan Freeney, Ramon Humber, Tony Stewart, James Vauders, and Kevin Sider for his spot. Now, I'm not really sure if Alandon Roberts is better or even as good as those guys. I really don't know anything about this guy besides the fact that he's a great tackler and that he was really good uh, for Houston when they took on... Uh, took on Keenan Reynolds and Navy. So, you know, he apparently he's a big leader off the field. He's a great locker room guy, and you know how much Bill Belichick loves his locker room guys. So I think he's going to be a good fit on this team. Once again, going to be a good special teams guy. He's fast, he's quick, and he's a good tackler, adding more athleticism onto that special teams unit. Moving on to pick 221. A lot of six-round pick for the Patriots, this guy. But uh, for the Patriots this year, excuse me. So they drafted Ted Karras, who's another guard from Illinois. We'll get into their guards later. But, I mean, hey, this is the you know family lines. Alex Karras is his great uncle, one of the better offensive linemen of all time, named to the Pro Bowl four times uh, with the Detroit Lions. Uh, Ted Karras, team captain for the Fighting Illini, started 43 games for them. But, I mean... Like, where does he fit in among Shaq Mason, Josh Klein, Trey Jackson, Joe Tooney, Jonathan Cooper, Chris Barker, Brian Stork, David Andrews are all interior linemen. So you just kind of have to ask yourself, where does this guy fit? You know, where does he really fit on this team? Is he more of just kind of a a guy they might try to turn into a tackle, a guy they might try to turn into a uh, a tight end? Like, you're not really sure what they're going to do with him. But then again, he's just more uh, more depth of the guard position, 6'4", 307. I mean, he's just he's just a big, big dude, and he plays good guard. So we'll see how it goes. But then again, uh, their last pick of the draft was someone I mentioned before, uh, is Devin Lucian. I mean, he he's he's really good. I think when he's fully healthy, he has a lot of potential. Um, uh, looking at um. Mike Reese's article on ESPN. So after transferring from UCLA, 6'2", 195 Lucian, finished the 2015 season strong, 534 receiving yards, five touchdowns over three games. Uh, he was nagged with a hamstring injury all season before that final stretch. So it's very clear that when healthy, this guy can produce out of the wide receiver position. Very athletic, very good hands, a lot of, a lot of potential uh, to take the top off of a defense. Um, he's not going to be the uh, the Randy Moss that I know Patriots fans keep clamoring for, but I mean, it, once again, like it, it's just more. It's just it's all about rounding out a roster. Um, I think he's gonna, we're going to need to see a really big commitment from him on special teams as a seventh round pick if he wants to make the fifty three man roster. I personally don't think he ends up making the team. I think he's going to be a really good. Um, I think he's going to be a really good just kind of guy that they bring up off of the practice squad every so often to catch a couple balls and send them back down. Uh, he's good, but as a seventh-round pick, there really isn't a lot of uh, upside with this guy. But then again, it could be completely wrong. This guy did uh, was a pretty highly touted prospect coming out of high school before he transferred from UCLA to Arizona State. So we'll definitely see how he does this season coming off of uh, coming off of that seventh-round pick selection. But yeah, those are all the Patriots drafts picks. I mean... It's it's very difficult to know what their players are going to do, as you'll see with my interview with uh, Adam Bogdan in a couple minutes. It, like it, it, there aren't a lot of starters on this team, on this team, uh, excuse me, on this uh, draft class. It's very much more about being a 
a rounded out roster, just filling out positions on the team where if they do get injured, they have enough depth to really fill in. I think we're going to see a lot of rotation on the offensive line this year, whether someone's injured or not. So it'll definitely be interesting. But with with all that said, let's now welcome in Adam Bogdan. So Adam, how you doing? We now welcome in Adam Bogdan, one of the big Patriots guys uh, on Twitter for the NFL Draft. Look him up at Patriots Inform on Twitter, but he's a writer for Number Fire and he's a data collection analyst for Stats LLC. So, Adam, really, let me into your mind here. I want to know what you think of the Patriots draft. Obviously, they had a couple questionable picks. I know I still question their uh, quarterback pick with the third round with Jacoby Brissett, but give me your overall thoughts on their draft this year. I mean, the one thing I was just looking, uh, actually, after right before you called me, was kind of looking at these picks, and none of them kind of have that instant starter feel. But then again, you look at the roster as it was, and there weren't many holes to fill anyways. Um, a lot of these players have, you know, that upside, uh, that develop, developmental um, aspect to them where in a year or two, once, you know, these uh, expiring contracts are up, um, these guys can step in and have an impact um, for these next several years. Um, I mean, you look at Cyrus Jones, he could uh, potentially step up on defense uh, in a number of roles and then on special teams as well. Valentine will surely fit into that rotation at D-tackle. Um, Thune is, I think, one of the most interesting picks of this entire draft because we don't really know where he's going to be. Um I mean, uh, I was watching game films, and then the uh, announcer actually said on the TV you know, the week before that game that he had practiced at every single offensive line position from tackle to center on both sides of the line. So with that kind of versatility, you got to wonder, does he become that emergency tackle? Um, does he possibly go to center and have Storker or Andrews move elsewhere? Um, does he step in and overtake two of the guards that were drafted last year? Um so I think he's probably my favorite pick of the draft, um, solely just because he gives you that option to line up anywhere. But um, overall, you know, I mean, it's hard to disagree with a lot of the the critics out there given this draft to be just solely just because I don't think there's a single player um, out of this draft that immediately steps in, becomes a starter, and contributes to the same degree as other starters would contribute. Now, Adam, another thing I want to know from you is, you know, the Patriots have a lot of uh, contracts at the end of the season that are up, and uh, we're hoping to see a couple of these guys that they just drafted really turn into stars. So who do you think has the best chance on this roster to make a big difference in the uh, seasons to come? Well, um, on the offensive side of the ball, um, I think Malcolm Mitchell definitely has that size, build, smarts, kind of that build that they kind of want in uh, in terms of their wide receivers, and especially with, you know, Edelman now having that second foot surgery. I mean, he's supposed to be ready for the season and everything, but that's still something that causes concern. Um, really, a wide receiver, I mean, outside of Hogan, I mean, Edelman and Amendola are signed for the next two years. Amendola next year, we don't know exactly what's going to happen with him, but Washington is done after this year, even if he makes the team this year. Keyshawn Martin, they signed for two extra years, but we don't know if he's going to make the roster now with the competition on there. And Dobson's done after this year. We don't know if he's making the team. So I just think the wide receiver being um, such an important position um, for this offense to have a reliable target for Brady to be Brady, um, I think Mitchell provides, I think, the most promising uh, future in terms of the offensive side of the ball for the future in terms of where he can impact 
Um, for defense, oh boy, it's going to be tough. There's linebacker. I mean, uh, I always, I'm always going to butcher this guy's name, but, uh, Gregor Hill or however you say it. He's yeah, an interesting right. high, yeah. <laughs> he's an interesting guy because you don't know if he's really that strong safety or if he's that, uh, passing down linebacker due to his size. So he's going to be interesting. Roberts, you don't know exactly where he's going to sit on the team. A quarterback, yeah, Cyrus Jones could easily, you know, next year step up for if for whatever reason they don't tender Butler, extend him, or if Logan Ryan leaves in free agency because Coleman is also a free agent after this year because um, he was tendered. But um, he's definitely someone I think could provide that kind of fit on the secondary where he, given his athleticism and uh his versatility. I mean, he can line up anywhere on the field, so I think he's going to be a nice piece that Belichick can kind of mix and match to give him the best advantage to uh, match up with someone that he's going to be able to shut down. Well, maybe not shut down, but cover uh, to his best of his ability. And uh, I think he's the name I would pay attention to most out of the defensive players taken in the draft uh, going forward here. One of the interesting things I've noticed with this draft class, Adam, is that a lot of them have very, very extensive special teams backgrounds. I mean, Cyrus Jones went to uh, a rival high school of mine, and uh, he was just phenomenal whenever he put the ball in his hands on punt or kickoff returns. Malcolm Mitchell did some kickoff returns in at Georgia. Uh, Jonathan Jones did the same at Auburn. And then Gregor Hill really looks like a guy that they're going to try to push on special teams. So do you think there's a reason that they're pushing a lot of these younger guys to uh, go towards special teams? Teams, or do you think they're just trying to up the athleticism overall on the uh, on the special teams unit? I think a big part of it is he realized that he had important players playing there. Um, I think the injuries to Edelman and Amendola kind of made him realize that these guys are more important than just being a kick returner. And I think he got kind of worried in regards to their health, thinking it's better to have someone back there who may not be quite as dynamic. We don't know how these guys are going to, you know, compare to Adelman, who's one of the best in the league at kick and punt returns. But um, I think having them back there kind of is more um, of a safety concern is a big part of it. And yeah, I think uh, just with the number, with the number of injuries they've actually had on special teams, um, it was kind of concerning, you know, uh, Gronk banged himself up a little bit on special teams. Chandler Jones banged himself up. I think he's a little uh, more aware of that scenario to have talented depth at those special teams positions where he doesn't have to put his stars out there um, in order to produce. I think that's definitely one aspect of it. And I also just think it's convenient that they just looked around and added more athleticism because that's one thing I think they really lacked at times last year was athleticism. And uh, some of the more athletic defenses like Denver um, were able to, you know, take away a lot of their options and uh, kind of shut them down at the line of scrimmage. Well, Adam, I think it's about time we get to the biggest question on most Patriots fans' minds. Why did the New England Patriots draft Jacoby Brissett out of NC State in the third round? I know there's been a lot of rumors around why they did this, all of his connections to um, former Belichickian guys, but give me a reason. Why did the Patriots draft this guy? One thing Belichick does, I think, I don't know if it's more than any other coach, but I, I've noticed quite a bit is that he definitely values other people's opinions when he's dealing with uh, personnel. And uh, with this time, having 
not only the, the green light and the endorsement of Charlie Weiss and uh, Bill Parcells there, I think played a huge part of it. Parcells has been um, behind this kid's back for quite some time. They clear, he clearly thinks the world of him. And I think those kind of intangible things that give you that work ethic, um, the, those little things that you don't see um, as a fan often, you hear the stories, but you don't really see up close and personal. I think that's one of the things that Belichick has been trying to spy on with players being like team captains, leaders, guys that he knows are going to do everything they can to make themselves better. And I think um, Brissett is one of those guys that he feels like may not have all the physical tools right now, um, may not have been given the best chance in college because the offense around him in NC State was not spectacular by any means, but I think he's just one of those guys that he felt right about, and given the endorsements of uh, Weiss and uh, ourselves, I think he's someone Belichick feels confident in that will do what needs to be done to become a better player and kind of embrace that Patriot way. Adam, looking at the roster now, and this is something I brought up in the beginning of the show, this roster is incredibly deep, just across the lines. There's so many areas where they go three, four deep for what would be an NFL starter on most teams. I think tight end is a big place. Wide receiver, obviously, very deep there as well. But there are places like pass rushing, defensive end. Uh, we saw once, you know, I, I think we're going to see with Chandler Jones' 12 and a half sacks going out the door. That's going to be a lot to replicate. And as well as the offensive tackle position where once Nate's Solder went down last year. They really didn't stand much of a chance against a lot of the big pass rushing threats in the NFL. So do you see anyone in the class that they're bringing in in the draft or anyone from last season that can really step up and fill in those holes that are going to be left by Chandler Jones and the hole that they have at offensive tackle right now? I think one player um, in terms of the pass rush that could really uh, step up onto the scene here was uh, Trey Flowers. Um, Last preseason, he was shining left and right and he kind of provides that pass rush and also the ability to stop the run by setting the edge. I think that's one of the rare combination of traits there that you can look for in a defensive end. And I really think that he's someone that could easily step into that rotation out there, you know, provide some rest for uh, Sheard and Inkovich and really step up and play a role. Because the thing is with Chandler Jones, he he did great in the beginning of the year. Um, he had most of the sacks in the beginning of the year. But uh, once week 11 came around, from week 11 to week, actually going into the playoffs, he only had two sacks. It, um, once he cooled off there, he didn't become the force that he was early on in the season. And I think that's one thing that he's been known for is kind of you know, stepping up onto the field early in the season and really wowing people with, you know, some of his special teams plays the year before and then last year with the sacks that he was getting. But he just didn't provide um, the performance you needed when the team needed him most. So I think players that have shown some kind of leadership and consistency, um, like with Chris Long, if he's healthy, I mean, he he could very well be a force on that edge. Um to pair alongside Sheard and Minkovich as well as um, the people that they've got already. I mean, it's just, it'll be interesting to see where they gel there because pass rush is definitely interesting because um, we don't really have a defensive tackle now that provides that interior rush. So it's going to have to come from the ends or the linebackers. So that'll be an interesting puzzle for Belichick to figure out. Um, with offensive tackle, I was actually quite surprised that they didn't address the position at some point. 
um, even if it was just a project guy, because right now we don't know what Cannon's going to be like. Um, we can hope that Scar connects with him again and that he continues to have some shred of, of ability. Um, I know the injury last year really hurt um, the way he was playing. He was doing okay until he got that foot injury, and then uh, kind of never was the same again. And so Vollmer, hopefully holding on to that right side, uh, Solder on the left. You know, if they can stay healthy all year, wonderful. But uh, I can definitely see them addressing offensive tackle barely early in the draft next year. But this year, you just got to hope someone, if an injury occurs, someone like Cannon or Waddle or Fleming uh, step up there. Um, with Waddle having, you know, a little bit of the end of last year to kind of get the system and hopefully a full off season this year. He's still only 24. I mean, he's got uh, a lot of good football ahead of him if he can stay healthy. And so he's someone that I think they've got a little bit of faith in that could potentially provide um, kind of that swing tackle option there if Cannon doesn't end up panning out or if they keep two tackles behind uh, the two starters there. So it'll be interesting to see kind of how these guys develop and see what kind of impact Scar has on uh, the offensive line as a whole. One thing that I like looking at every year is the new crop of undrafted free agents the Patriots bring in every year. I kind of consider a seventh-round pick wide receiver uh, Devin Lucian also basically an undrafted free agent at this point. But go through this uh, this new class for us, Adam. Who do you think are a couple guys you think could stand out, maybe make the roster, make an impact into the season? Not maybe Malcolm Butler-esque kind of impact, but still going to make an impact on the team. Give me a couple guys. I mean, if you if just look at them from here, um, I know Bryce Williams was someone I was actually a fan of as like a fifth-round pick because he provides a solid blocking and receiving option there. But with tight end being so deep between Gronk, Bennett, and Harbor, I don't know how exactly he's going to fit on the roster. But he's someone I think uh, could provide an impact if he makes it onto the 53 or at the very least the practice squad. Um Cornerback's just so interesting because between Bentley and LeBlanc and uh, Jones, you got three solid athletes who are all kind of good at uh, that man coverage type offense or defense, I should say. So it's going to be an interesting battle there between those guys to see who kind of shows up in the spring, who can follow the Edelman, the Anandolas, while also being able to pair up with some of the bigger guys. Because at this point in time, uh, actually switching over to the wide receiver spot, Lucian. He's the second biggest wide receiver on the roster right now behind Dobson, and Dobson's no lock to make the roster. Um, being 6'2", showing he's got great hands um, for what they asked him to do. He was trusted above, I think, everyone else in that Arizona State offense there. Um, he's definitely someone I think could definitely provide that X outside receiver um, option for the Patriots, given his size and his hands, and if he can grasp the playbook, you know, build a repertoire with Brady, uh, he's definitely someone I think could easily crack the 53, because um, right now, the well, guys I'm kind of looking at, wide receiver, Edelman, Amendola, Hogan, Mitchell, and possibly Lucian fighting between Washington, Dobson, and Martin for that final spot. So, I mean, with his size, which is clearly um, – something the Patriots have kind of laughed out of the wide receiver position of late um, and consistent hands. I mean, uh, we know what uh, LaSalle was able to do last year. Or I should say it wasn't able to do. But uh, I definitely think Lucien has a very good chance of making it on the offensive side of the ball. And then 
yeah, someone like Jones, definitely with that speed, uh, could provide, you know, a bit of athleticism on special teams as a gunner and a returner if need be. So, Adam, last thing here before we let you go. One of the craziest things about this roster is just there, there are so many guards on this roster. Seven, eight, nine guards. And you, we don't really know what they're what they're going to do with all of them. They drafted another couple of interior linemen. I mean, Shaq Mason had a great season last year. Probably one of the best pull guards we've seen come out of college in a long time. And then Trey Jackson was pretty good in very limited, uh, limited snaps. But I want to hear from your opinion, like, what what are they going to do with all these guards? They can't play them all at the same time. Yeah, and I mean, you could argue Stork and Andrews also have that ability to play guard too. So it's, I mean, they really have almost 10 interior offensive linemen for three starting spots. Um, but one thing I think that we saw at the very beginning of last year before the injury struck was that rotation. And uh, that seemed to be working great for them until the injury bug started hitting that line. But that's something I think they could very well implement again this year is where they have a rotation because you figure, I mean, Cooper um, last year with Arizona was getting work at center as well. So you could have Cooper, Stork, Andrews, and Thune all play center and guard. You got Mason and Jackson who are both guards. And then you even got guys like Josh Klein who outside of his flight decline after the injury last year, I mean, is, was a pretty solid player. Mm. And, uh, I mean, you got back end guys like Chris Barker and Ted Karras. Um, also on there. Um, so I think the one thing I could imagine is that they take all these guys, say, you know, may the best man survive, and once the cuts come around, whoever's been uh, proving themselves in the summer, whoever provides the best versatility that they need, um, will probably make the roster. But it's really hard at this point in time until you kind of hear how they're gelling and uh, going against competition, how they're going to fit in. But uh, I think that rotation is definitely something I think we can look towards seeing uh, at least the very beginning of the year, given uh, the versatility that they've got with that interior offensive line. Yeah, it really seems to me that they're just kind of taking all the offensive linemen and they're just going to Scar and be like, here you go, give it your best shot. Let's see what you can pull out of your hat here. But uh, thank you so much for joining us, Adam. It was great talking to you. Yeah, no problem. Have you been? Want to thank Adam Bogdan for coming on the show and giving us some good draft, uh, good draft talk. But now that the draft is over, now that uh, free agency signings for the most part are done, let's take our final look at the Patriots depth chart before we really get into the rest of the offseason. And guys, looking at it now, it's pretty. Pretty full. I mean, there isn't really a position where they don't have a lot of depth outside of offensive tackle. Obviously, we talked about that early in the show with Solder, Volmer, Cannon, Waddle, and Fleming. I mean, outside of that, like, they have a couple guys maybe on the interior that can play tackle. I mean, I know Brian Stork can play offensive tackle, but you don't really want him to play offensive tackle because he is your starting center. But uh, in the meantime, I mean, I think, I think. It's, it's all based off of health with that tackle position. They really need Volmer to stay healthy, and they really need Solder to stay healthy. And I think that's asking a lot out of two guys that just, as, as great as they've been when they played, they just... They haven't been able to stay healthy during their time, and it's it's been a shame because both of them are really fine players, but we'll, we'll see how they do this year. Uh, I think they still pick up maybe one more tackle um, during maybe August uh, to 
kind of maybe pick up uh, a little bit more depth on that tackle position. But I mean, look at the rest of the look at the rest of the roster. I mean, on the interior offensive line, we've talked about how set they really are. Uh, Jackson, Mason, Klein, Cooper, Thune, Barker, Karras, and Milton. Totally fine on the interior line. I think that's going to be one of their biggest strengths this year. Uh, then looking at wide receiver, I mean, they go at least seven eight deep on wide receiver with uh with people who can actually play football and do it well so they're fine there uh tight ends the same uh gronk and bennett are obviously going to be the top two this year with receiving and blocking but i think that um clay harbor another guy they brought in is going to be a really good uh transition tight end for them i think he's going to be a good blocker and receiver out of the backfield very michael humanawanui-esque uh so i don't really think that's uh, a guy that patriots fans need to worry about he's going to come in do his job and get out of there. I mean, Harbor's a guy that they targeted when he was a free agent two years ago before he signed with the Jags uh, coming off uh, a good year with the Eagles, but now a free agent again. They were able to snatch up their guy. Um, Running back is definitely a position. Um, I think that they are a little bit, um, I guess, light on. I mean, Blunt coming back is a good sign, um, but... You know, they still don't really have that first, second down guy I wanted them to get. I mean, their running back uh, core right now is Blunt, Deion Lewis, James White, Brandon Bolden, James Devlin, Tyler Gaffney, uh, Donald Brown. Uh, Iosefa was obviously released, I think, a couple weeks ago. But, I mean... Blunt and Lewis being your top two running backs are not is not something to I guess turn your nose up at. Blunt when he's healthy is obviously a good running back. Deion Lewis we saw when healthy last year was an absolute force out of the backfield. Um, Bolden was pretty good in limited carries. James White was good when they actually let him play, which for some weird reason they just didn't down the stretch last year. But um, Devlin should come back as the full-time fullback. I think not having a fullback last year was really bad for the run game. I think having him back will give them another dimension on that offense. Remember, he can catch the ball too, so I really think that the passing attack this year for the Patriots is going to be borderline unstoppable. Um, Tyler Gaffney, we really still have no freaking clue who this guy is or what he can do two years in a row on IR. Maybe this year during camp they'll finally give him a chance to actually carry the rock and see what he can do with it. And then Donald Brown, I mean, Donald Brown's Donald Brown. He's not going to come in and revolutionize your running back core. He's there for pretty much you know cannon fodder. He's there for some good old-fashioned running back camp depth. So that'll be fun to see. But anyway, on offense, obviously the offensive tackle position is really where they need to look at. But on defense, guys, their defense this year is going to be really good. Like the more and more I look at this defense and the more and more I really just go through the amount of depth that they have at some of these positions, it's just it's just unbelievable. Um, at their defensive ends right now, it'll be Nikovich and Sheard getting the starts, probably with Chris Long, Trey Flowers, Frank Kurse, and Geno Grissom uh, cycling in to get some... Um, get some playing time on those defensive end positions. I mean, guys, they're going to be so good at defensive end. They might not rack up sacks. There might not be one person who racks up a lot of sacks, but I think similar to last year, they're just going to have a lot of good pass rush constantly. I mean, last year they set records for the most uh, sacks under a Belichick defense. Um, I think that they're just going to have a lot of really good pass rush this year. And then to add in the fact that they're bringing in someone like Terrence Knighton and uh, Vincent Valentine, the guy they drafted that we spoke about before, I think that they're going to be really set on the defensive line this year. I think that front four is going to be an absolute force to be reckoned with. You're not going to be able to run on that defensive line with Sheard, Malcolm Brown, Alan Branch, Ninkovich. And even if they go with the 3-4 with Terrence Knighton in the middle surrounded by 
um, Brown, or yeah, maybe Brown and Ninkovich, because I think Brown could play 3-4 D tackle. Uh, or excuse me, 3-4 D end. But we'll see how they do on the defensive front. I think it's going to be good. But the strength of this team is through the middle with linebacker. I mean, Jamie Collins, Donta Hightower, Shane McClellan, uh, Jonathan Freeney, Rufus Johnson, Ramon Huber, Landon Roberts, Kevin Snyder, and then that Gregor Hill guy we talked about is probably going to end up being more of a strong safety. I mean, guys, this linebacker core is really, really deep. Um, I think if everyone stays healthy on this linebacker core, McClellan, Hightower, and Collins can end up being one of the best three-headed monsters linebacker cores in the NFL, if not the best, maybe behind only Carolina or Arizona. Not so much Arizona, but just this linebacker core is going to be absolutely fierce, and I can't wait to see what they do on contract seasons, especially with Collins and Hightower really looking to make some serious dough on the open market next year, or just get some dough from the Patriots this coming offseason. But uh, after linebacker, let's look at cornerback. Um, I mean, they're pretty set on cornerback. Malcolm Butler, Logan Ryan, Coleman, uh, Daryl Roberts, they picked up EJ Biggers from the Philadelphia Eagles, and then Cyrus Jones coming in to be that slot guy. I mean, again, a very deep and talented core of players I mean sure it's there's no I, like Malcolm Butler is really good but let's be honest guys he's not Revis he's not Patrick Peterson but he's a good quality pro bowl level cornerback that I think is going to come in and really make a bigger impact this year if they sign into another contract this is just a guy that wants to keep getting better and at the age of 26 just about to start entering his prime I really think we're going to see Malcolm Butler take that next step to be a real star at the cornerback position for the Patriots uh, Logan Ryan obviously showing flashes of being just a very good stalwart number two corner I mean no real reason to get afraid with Logan Ryan really stepped up last year when they needed him to the most I really do think his roster spot was on the line last year if he didn't step up he did ended up being one of the best tacklers on the team ended up being one of their stars on defense last year especially against uh, the two games against Denver which they unfortunately didn't win but no, Logan Ryan has turned to a very good player, and he's not perfect, guys. Like he's still your number two corner, so he's going to get beat a good amount. But I mean, th- this is a very, very good uh, cornerback and a very talented uh, uh, group of players at that cornerback position for the Patriots, which is really refreshing after the past couple years that they've had before last year or before Revis, where they were just cycling through these crappy corners every single year. So now, with corners being a strength on this team, it's it's quite nice. But um, I, I, the strength of this team outside of linebacker is safety. This whole defense, just looking at it now, is so talented. Um, Patrick Chung and Devin McCourty obviously taking on the uh, starting spots. Both of them were just fantastic last year. Two of the best safeties in the entire NFL at their positions of free safety and strong safety with McCourty and Chung, respectively. I mean, McCourty, you you might not find a better pure free safety in the NFL right now than Devin McCourty. And Patrick Chung has really taken over that revolutionary uh, safety in the uh, in the in the uh, in the box kind of position, he's really done a good job of um, taking that position off of the Patriots. And out of nowhere last year, just started covering linebackers really, really well and giving that Patriots uh, defense another versatile piece that they can use in a lot of different areas. But um, looking at the rest of their safeties, Deron Harmon and uh, Nate Ebner, Jordan Richards is going to take over from Tavon Wilson at the free uh, free safety spot. They still have uh, Cedric Thompson. They brought in Brock Vereen, uh, Shane Vereen's younger brother. It was a fourth-round pick bust on the Bears, but I think him picking up, maybe he'll make a a nice little practice squad spot, but probably nothing more than that. And then obviously Brandon King, who Matt, the Matt Slater uh, incumbent on 
that special teams unit. I'm probably not going to see a lot of him on the starting defense or really any of the sub packages, but I mean, that guy on special teams last year was an absolute force. Ended up being second on the team in special teams tackles despite only joining the team. I think it was week six or week seven. So a really good guy for them to use on special teams. But guys, just like li- listen to this starting frontline defense, ready? Rob Ninkovich, if they stick with a 4 3. Rob Ninkovich, Alan Branch, Malcolm Brown, Jabal Shear, Jamie Collins, Shane McClellan, Donta Hightower, Malcolm Butler, Logan Ryan, Patrick Chung, and Devin McCourty. Just, just an absolute. What a defense. So much frontline talent on this team that's going to really shore up this um, th- this front seven for him this year. I mean, that front seven, in my opinion, is probably going to be the best in the AFC, maybe after the Buffalo Bills or maybe even the Denver Broncos. I don't think the Broncos front four is going to be as good this year as it was last year because they just have no linebackers left. But I really do think that th- this Patriots defense is really, really good. Um, the only issue, though, guys, which I'll get into here in the last couple minutes of the show, there's a worry on this defense. A lot of these guys are free agents at the end of this season. Patrick Chung, Logan Ryan, Malcolm Butler, Donta Hightower, Jamie Collins, Jabal Sheard. I'm pretty sure Alan Branch is a free agent at the end of this year. Rob Ninkovich might be also. So... <coughs> Excuse me, on that front line defense, a lot of free agents with a lot of talent, and the Patriots obviously have a lot of cap room after this year because they don't really have too many people signed, but a lot, a lot of guys that need contracts after this year. I think it's going to be very interesting to see who, with, with the amount of playing time they get, who does Bill Belichick value? Who is a guy that he wants to keep and who is a guy he's preparing the defense to get rid of? I think that bringing in Shane McClellan, as much as I hate to admit it, kind of signals that while they want Collins and Hightower back, I think they are very unsure at this time if they actually can bring them back and continue to build a team. Because remember, this is a this is a Patriots team that has consistently asked the best player of all time, Tom Brady, to keep signing these weird contracts that keep his cap hits low and his guaranteed money high so they can keep building a good football team. Rob Gronkowski is the same way. Low cap hit, high guaranteed money. Julian Edelman, low cap hit, high guaranteed money. So we're going to see... It's going to be very interesting to see how the Patriots handle these contract negotiations. How are they going to play? Because they have to bring back one of Hightower and Collins. Do they want any resemblance of a of a top-of-the-line defense going into next season? If they can bring back both and have them be here for for very long periods of time, I mean, it's going to be a very, very good defense. I said it when they drafted Collins after Hightower that... If both of them aren't here for the next at least six, seven years, something has gone very, very wrong. So if Collins and Hightower are not with this team, something very bad has gone or something. So there's been a big disconnect among contract negotiations. If they both can't come back, there really isn't a reason that both of them can't along with bringing back Butler and Ryan. I think Malcolm Butler could get a pretty penny in free agency if he left, but I think that him staying, he he's such a good system fit with what the Patriots want to do. I think that if he left and went to another system, he wouldn't get the kind of help that he needs over the top with Devin McCourty and Patrick Chung. I just think that he wouldn't be a good enough fit. Logan Ryan, I think, is the guy that you have to look at as the most likely candidate to leave. I think bringing in 
uh, Cyrus Jones and uh, or drafting Cyrus Jones and still having Justin Coleman and Daryl Roberts really does signal that one of Malcolm Butler and Logan Ryan is going to go. And if I had to put money on, I think it's going to be Logan Ryan because as good as he is, he is very replaceable. He's just he, at the end of the day, he's a cover corner who can tackle. Which I mean, Justin Coleman can do that. Daryl Roberts can do that. Cyrus Jones can do that. So if if there's one guy who's going to have to go, it's most likely going to be Logan Ryan. But um, Jabal Sheard is another guy that I think that they're going to have to bring back. Uh, bring back, excuse me. I think that Trey Flowers and Geno Grissom, um, they're in line for big seasons. Um, it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see what they can do on the defensive front this year with no Chandler Jones. Trey Flowers, as uh, Adam pointed out before, he stood out a lot during preseason. If you remember watching him, he was running over offensive tackles, um, just playing super well. I think he ended up with two sacks before he went down with that shoulder injury, and he could just never really properly uh, return from that injury with any sort of success. So it'll be interesting to see how he does with a full year of conditioning. I thought that one of the things he needed to do was get um, more lean and more muscular. Um, I think that he was a little too... He's a little too pudgy coming out of college. Uh, I think it slowed him down too much. I think he's a guy who has a lot of strength and a lot of speed. I think that the best way to do that is for him to shed off some of that weight and get very lean with his muscle tone. Uh, from recent pictures that I've seen of him, um, it looks like he's done just that. Uh, Grissom needed to get a lot bigger. Grissom was definitely more of a linebacker than a defensive end, but he needed to get bigger. So it'll be interesting to see how he shows up in preseason uh, through offseason workouts if he's in fact gotten bigger or if he's... Uh, reverted back to the size he was in college to get more of a outside linebacker role. Uh, Rufus Johnson's another guy. I don't think he's going to end up making the 53. I know that he had a couple flashes last year with the team, but at the end of the day, uh, the talent just really isn't there. Um, if you ask me, um, right now they're sitting at 90 people on this roster, and it's astonishing to me the amount of talent that they're going to have to cut off of this team. There's so much talent. On this team, it's very Seahawks-esque from their Super Bowl years of just teams waiting for them to cut someone so that they can snatch them up and put them on their 53-man roster. Whatever guy gets cut from this team is going to find a home very quickly in the NFL. So it's going to be very interesting to see how Bill Belichick wants to structure this roster with the amount of defensive linemen that they have and the amount of offensive uh, interior offensive linemen that they have and who's going to make the team. Wide receiver, like I said before, is going to be very interesting because... They have a lot of guys who are very talented. Uh, this is obviously Aaron Dobson's last chance. If Aaron Dobson doesn't show you something in postseason, uh, excuse me, in preseason, he's gone. I mean, it's unfortunate that he was such a such a high draft pick and became such a huge bust. Uh, I was really high on him when he came out of college. I thought he was one going to be an absolute star. Uh, he was really good at Marshall, so. A shame to see him fall this far into you know the seven eighth spot on the depth chart for wide receiver. So it'll be interesting to see. Also, good news that Joe Cardona, the Navy guy, will play this year. Um, I know that Keenan Reynolds they wanted him out of Navy, and it was interesting that everyone's like, "Oh, is he gonna be able to play if he comes to the Patriots?" Well, it does help when. Uh, the Bill Belichick's father was a Navy football coach for like 30 years and his, he played lacrosse there and his daughter is the lacrosse coach for the women's team. So a lot of, he's a lot of push inside of that college, but good to see Joe Cardona back on the Patriots, uh, to see how much more an improvement he can make. Because last year, I know he's just a long snapper, but I don't remember him making one mistake last year, which, hey, 
It's always better to never make a mistake as a long snapper than to actually make one. So it'll be interesting to see how this roster ends up uh, curving out lots and lots of talent on this roster. And it is going to be a very exciting team to see after the draft. But that's all the time we have for you on Patriots Beat this week. Follow me on Twitter at Sportsteen. You can find this at uh, Patriots underscore Beat. Go follow Adam at Patriots Inform. He's constantly pumping out really good content. He has a new app, so make sure to uh, check out his Twitter account to um, maybe download that onto your phone. But for everyone here at CLNS Radio, it's been an honor to uh, be your host on this episode again, and I will hopefully see you guys in a couple weeks. So have a great day.